They're doing a little tub thumping here on the Dry Large Radio Show. Just to uh, just to give you an alert, we will be making a major announcement. I'm not sure if we're going to make that announcement on Friday or Monday, but as I have been teasing for about the last week or so, that there is uh, an announcement that we have been working on, and as soon as we're ready to uh, finalize the details, we'll be making that announcement. And will, will um, it be atomic or hydrogen? Uh, what's the difference? Uh, the, the how loud it is, I think. <laughs> Well, if you're close enough to hear, it probably doesn't matter. <laughs> so, um, and this is this is something I've been contemplating uh, for for some time, and I'll get into the details. But uh, turning our attention to yesterday, um, you know, it would seem on its face um, that the issues and the way things played out, I like I said, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wait and see what the uh, turnout statistics are. Who showed up? My guess, looking particularly at some of the lower ward races, where the Democrats made an effort to go all up and down the ballot, even to the level of selectmen, which, you know, for those of you in the towns is a big deal. But for those of us in the city, you know, they're basically ward election officials that don't have a whole lot to do other than post elections, uh, secure an election venue. And uh, do they do they uh, what do they do at the polls? Do they sit there and check off names or are those the ballot inspectors? They, they can, I, I don't even know. So, yeah. I should probably much. look it up. So they're not, um, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. So now we have to c- kind of come to grips. I, I, speaking for the school board, uh, uh, I, I hope that Debbie Langton files for a recount. She lost by 22 votes out of 2,200 cast. And I will tell you one of the odd things about Ward 2 is usually, you know, we have like these felt tip markers when we mark the ballots. They had these fine point black ballpoint pens. They weren't medium point. At least the one I used was fine point. And I, I heard a fair amount of commentary about that. And I was really working hard to make sure that, that those ovals were darkened. So, um, and some someone I know who's interested said, yeah, this, that ink is very reflective. And there's a possibility that some of them didn't get counted if, they, if it wasn't, uh, you know, if it wasn't darkened enough and da-da-da-da-da. But 22 votes, you know, I think I think you got to have that recount, just like I think Jim Burkish is going to ask for the recount in Ward Nine, um, and uh, Peter McCone's going to ask for the recount in Ward Six. I think maybe DePietro is probably on the outer edge of uh, being reasonable to ask for recount, but at fifty votes out of twenty two hundred cast, uh, you know that's that that's tight. And as I've, I've as I've seen in any number of recounts, you never really quite know. Uh, okay. Josh, selectman is an elected position that is responsible for organizing elections or for local, state, or federal offices. Three selectmen, a moderator, and a clerk are elected in each city ward. So the selectmen organize the election. There you go. That's according to Wikipedia. That's according to what they're supposed to do. <laughs> it's all done by the Secretary of State and your, yeah. your clerk. Um. So, but De- Debbie Langton is a big loss. Uh, Kelly Thomas is a big pickup. Jimmy LaHue is a big pickup. And I'm just going to be honest with you out there in Ward 6, I-, I-, I don't get the whole Dan Bergeron thing. I mean, here's a guy who talks about kids first but takes the benefits, votes against parental notification, um, opposes the superintendent. Uh, I don't know why, but the former superintendent, she was an expert. This guy's a dope. He hasn't supported him on any on anything. And his outbursts in meetings over and over and over again at committee level and the board level have been as disruptive as Connie Van Houten's 
continued relentless personal attacks on everybody. So I just, I, I, I honestly, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. But, you know, uh, the, the thing about Debbie Langton is she was, she didn't get involved in any of this stuff. She just kind of kept her head down, did what she needed to do. Uh, meanwhile, her opponent the day before the election is putting up posts on Facebook saying he vows to fight using our, our, our school tax dollars to pay tuition at elite private schools like St. Paul's and Phillips Exeter. As if that's actually a real thing that somebody proposed. Well, guess what? I, I, I oppose taking Manchester taxpayer dollars and uh, using them to pay debt service in the town of Bedford. Maybe I should campaign on that. Did they try and make this like a teacher deal? Education totally? Well, that's it? both of them are. Uh, yeah, who, who knows? But that, that's one of those cases where the union had a, uh, you know, the union had a big influence. The union went against one of their own members in favor of another member. And there's nobody understands why other than Scandal will be more than just a rubber stamp. He'll be a full throated advocate for all of those, you know, all of those deprived teachers that we have here in the Queen City who make substantially more as individuals than the average household that pays their taxes. So um, what what do we take from this? Again, without knowing the R's, D's and I's, I, I don't think what we take from this and I, I get Ward 4. I have no idea what happened in Ward 4. The guy who literally is on record saying that the elderly shouldn't receive an exemption when they can't afford their homes. There should be a government program that takes them from their homes so that people who can pay the full tax load can live there. Uh, Ward, Ward 4, what are you thinking? That's called lots of money and, uh, and uh, let's say, action against people who right. didn't really care if they won. Right. Even in, you know, in, in my race, right, and I think there are some clues to the turnout in my race, but maybe not. Um, uh, you know, two years ago, I got 7,362 votes. Now, granted, that was a contested election. And Nancy Tessier, who led the ticket, got 9,583. Well, this year, Nancy got 12,803, and I got 11,000. So I actually picked up 3,638 votes to her 3,220, which means I reduced her margin of uh, the, the difference between us by 20% in an election that went apparently – with a couple exceptions, heavily Democrat. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I, I think it bodes well for me that I picked up, uh, you know, a significantly higher percentage um, in the and, and it's an uncontested race. Right. So what does that mean for me? I don't really know. What does that mean for anything? I don't really know. But is is there a clue there? I take a look at the Ward 8 races. And I don't understand. Well, I do understand because when I was out uh, doing door to door with Jimmy LaHoo, uh, you know, we heard from more than a few people who said, well, you know, I'll vote for you for school board and I'll vote for Erica for state rep. You know, kind of like it was the booby prize. Al MacArthur, by the way, has said he will file for a recount. He's going to file the papers today with the secretary of state. 20 votes. You got to do it. And, um, you know, whether I like the outcome or I don't like the outcome. I think you got to do it. In Ward 9, right, Gatsis loses Ward 9 by a couple hands full of votes, but Barbara Shaw wins because she was seen as the more fiscally conservative of the two candidates because she promised she wouldn't vote to override the tax cap, even though she's done it twice. She says she understands the, uh, the need to be more fiscally conservative now that her you know, she's heard from so many voters about it. We have Eric in Manchester on the line. Good morning, Eric. 
Oh, I got a good question. I'll violate God's question. I didn't even have an opponent, but anyway. The, uh, Erica Connors, I know she lost her school board, but I, I heard she ran for something else. Did she win that something else? Yeah, that's what we just said. She uh, ran for the special in the special election for state rep in Ward Eight to fill the seat vacated by the death of uh, Steve, Republican Steve Valancourt. Oh, okay. She won oh, by twenty. She won by seat. she won by twenty votes out of twenty four hundred cast. So she won that. She won that seat like for a year before they got a they uh, vote for that again. Yeah, so it'll be up for election next year with the state uh, state elections. Right, well, for governor and all that. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I'll say, oh, yeah, congratulations to uh, all the winners, and keep up the good work. All right, Eric, thanks. And I do want to congratulate the winners, including Joyce Craig. I posted I posted on Facebook last night from the Dread at Large Pace, uh, page. Congratulations. And we'll see, by the way. See, now, here, here's the thing. Joyce Craig is going to find that there's a difference between campaigning and governing, which one would have thought she would have known – having served three terms as an alderman. And so now uh, she has got she, – she, she's going to have to deliver. Now, clearly there are differences between Joyce Craig and I on the issues, but I am one of those pesky elected officials that she says that she wants to work with or presumably wants to work with. And she says we need to all work together cooperatively, collaboratively. So she can fight for more. <laughs> yeah. It's all the same well, stuff. But here's – I mean – here, here's here's my reality, and here's my attitude, okay? I, and I, I think personally as an elected official I've proven this because I had no more mortal political enemy in the world when I got elected to the school board two years ago than Arthur Beaudry. And, and now he and I are the, you know, the, the core of the axis of evil on the school board if you, you know, to listen to some, right? So – I think I've shown myself able to work with people on the issues without letting my personal feelings on their positions or their personalities get in the way. And to Joyce Craig, I would say, I, you know, tabula rasa, clean slate. So as far as I'm concerned, she now has been chosen by the voters of Manchester. I have been chosen by the voters of Manchester, if only by default and because maybe there weren't too many voters in Manchester who thought they would otherwise do well uh, in that race. Yeah, now they're sorry they didn't sign up, huh? In a big, <laughs> maybe. A big year. Uh, but so now it's, uh, it, you know, we have to give Joyce Craig the opportunity to bring forward those things that she says she wants to do and to be that cooperative leader she campaigned uh, as being an opportunity to do it. And and as with Mayor Gatzis, where there are things that I agree with, I will I will work with and support her. And there are things that I don't agree with. I will I will I will be opposed. And so. It's unclear because you can go ward by ward and you can take a look at some of the results. It's unclear. Uh, and every of course, every local race, every ward race has got its own characteristics. It's got its own special set of circumstances, right? It's got its own sort of variables that affect the outcome, right? How does Erica Connors win for state rep but lose for school board? I don't know. <laughs> Again, I need to see the R's, the D's, and the I's. Um, how does... You know, how do Chris Herbert and Norm Gamash, who came in second place in their primaries, turn around and win? 
And by the way, that shows one of the flaws of this nonpartisan system of ours because in, in Ward 11's case, had that been a Democratic primary in a partisan system, Willette would have beat Norm uh, Gamash and faced uh, whatever Republican was on the other side of the ballot, right? So it's, it's not the first time. It's the second or third time. I remember the first time it happened when Jerome Duval beat Mary Sisson in a primary in Ward 4. Jerome being the challenger, Sisson being the incumbent, and Mary came back in the general and beat him. The Republican who was the odd man out in that primary wasn't on the ballot, but would have been on the ballot against Duval had it been a partisan system. You see what I'm saying? So in this case, uh, Andre Rosa was one of the odd men out. He was a Republican, so Rosa would have faced Willette had it been the old partisan system. And, and this is one of the problems with nonpartisan races. So um, it's unclear. Did voters really want change? I, I guess in some areas they did, like this seat for mayor. I, I'll be surprised. I'm not, am I shocked that Gatsis lost? No. Did I think he was going to win? I did. I did a substantial amount of door-to-door, and even though there, were, uh, there was a percentage of people who were like, yeah, it's, you know, it, I, I really wish he weren't on the ballot. It's time for him to go, but. Was it a $600 chair that did it? Did <laughs> I, I heard a radio announce of commercial for, for somebody that he had purchased a $600 chair. Oh, I, I, you know, I didn't hear any of that oh, stuff yeah. that went over the air, but I know Joyce Craig was <clears throat> criticizing him at a time where we don't have math books for doing $1.3 million worth of renovations. Yeah, it was the same thing. To his, uh, to his personal office at City Hall. Oh, and by the way, City Hall, too. Yeah, I guess the roof leaks at City Hall. The failure of the uh, um, the air condition, you know, the, uh, the the climate control systems, and the fact that it hadn't been touched since the last renovation twenty plus years ago, and had cracking floors and ceilings and peeling paint. I guess n- none of which, by the way, was in the mayor's office. The only thing they got in the mayor's office was carpet. I remember uh, an AP report. Oh, I think they get some new furniture for the outer the outer office and stuff too. After uh, Governor Benson vetoed the budget, we were all standing behind him. He asked us to come in, and and there was an AP reporter that the first question after he takes this giant homemade stamp he had said veto to hit that budget there was normal love from the ap wire service the very first question was is it true you spent two hundred thousand dollars on your office to remodel your office this is the oldest trick in the book and he and he pauses like a comedian does and he goes oh it's two hundred dollars and i paid for that out of my pocket he put a new toilet inside uh-huh. the office. One had been removed. He put it back on and uh, made it a functioning toilet inside of his office again. But Norma Love and the AP had made that into a $200,000. And uh, but they think uh, it was a Defense Department job? Probably. And it's the guy next to me elbowed me, and we all started applauding so loud she couldn't ask a second question. That's an old technique, and it works. <laughs> so, but she'll, she'll, she'll have to uh, – we'll see whether or not she makes good on her pledge to work with everybody cooperatively – for the best interests of the city and its schools. Liberals always do. Well, we'll see. Very good at it. But I will know this. I will give her the opportunity, and I will uh, I will give her the opportunity to make good on that, and we'll see what, what, what happens. But we'll have more on the election in the 7 o'clock hour. Coming up next, Ed Nail is in the House. It's time for a question of voter fraud.